Deputy Principal and Attorney here at the Campbell Law Group. And we want to welcome you back for our, uh, our episode eight, season one of The Legal Zone. I have the pleasure of introducing to, we, to you today, uh, Dr. Teddy Tarr. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being with us with Dr. Dr. Tarr. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, grief and how to handle it during the holiday season and beyond. Uh, I think it would be very instructive. I'm going to give you, you know, Dr. Tarr, can you give us a little background on your uh, experience and your education and what you do? Well, I always say, I, I wish I had done just the lectures, <laughs> but unfortunately I got to do all the workshops. <laughs> And I got to have all the losses, which was just awful. And that was why I went to school to become a psychologist, to work with bereavement. And, and I'm only going to tell you that like anything else, you can become OCD and just want to know everything and learn everything and absorb yourself. It's yeah. very, very enticing, yeah. just like anything else. If you happen to be interested in uh, thanatology, then uh, take a bereavement course. Oh, okay. So that is your specialty, bereavement? It is my specialty. Please call me Teddy. Teddy. Thank you, Teddy. Thank you. I did not didn't want to presume, so <laughs> thank you, Teddy. Uh, so, so I want to talk today. It's very important there, you know, as you know, I'm a lawyer and I handle civil and family law cases. And very often, of course, there's the element that, you know, particularly if there's in a case element of damages of mental health or the symptoms of damages actually result in as of mental health uh, issues, whether it's trauma, or you know whether it might be from a rape, from an injury, from a car injury, or issues going on with children and family. So often, psychologists are a very big part of that. Um, and within that, so and of course we are also in the holiday seasons. We are you know coming up two years of COVID. I thought this was a very important topic to discuss, particularly in the holidays and after the difficult times we've all had. So if you could talk to me a little bit about, like, what do you say to a client, like on the first visit? What, what type of things do you ask them to figure out where to start? Well, thank you, first of all, to inviting me. Yes. Because uh, unlike a lot of other topics, bereavement is not necessarily real popular among any, anybody, among anybody, because none of us want to be in that particular place. And all it takes is one phone call, and there you are. So in general, when someone comes to see me, and I know nothing, I rarely talk to anyone over the phone other than they might say, I lost somebody. But they, I just don't get into a discussion over the phone about bereavement. It's, it's not appropriate. So what usually I start with is, I introduce myself, what brought you here? That is the first thing. And I'm looking for just um, a small, narrative mm -hmm. telling me what's happened if it looks to me like it could possibly be a court case I always ask are you involved in a court case that's very very important for me to know because I'm going to have to set up a record that's absolutely unbelievably good mm -hmm. not only am I expected to do therapy that's good I also have a record that's good and I try to do a, some kind of what we call a TSI, a traumatic symptom inventory, uh, something to show uh, where this person is. It happens to be one of the best traumatic tests there is. By the way, trauma, if it's, if it's your person that's died, it's traumatic. I don't care how, it's traumatic. If it's just a personal loss, uh, someone Asian, uh, someone died of an illness, no matter how old or how young, um, we're, we're in a different place. 
But if it's a court case, it's important for me to know. I'm going to have to keep a better record. I'm going to have to do some objective testing. I'm going to have to um, try to explain to the client, it's not what happened to you that gives you a court case on mental health at all. It's here you were before. This is what happened to you. Here you are now. This is who you are now. You can't work. You can't do anything. You have no life. You have post-traumatic stress disorder, whatever it is. Right. That's my job is to show those changes. And I imagine the causation that as a result of this accident, this is all of this is incurred, all of this is ensued, so to speak. Right. Um, because it's important to show course of timelines in any kind of litigation. That's correct. So, and, and you, as a professional, as you were indicating earlier, you have to have your your test. You're anticipating already potentially being deposed and being called. Um, usually not. No? They would rather have anybody but me. <laughs> Why is that, Teddy? One deposition is usually enough to say, um, I think we'll settle. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> because if you also, if you come at a re with a record, it's one thing, but if you really know the client mm -hmm. and you know what's going on, you can answer any question. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing I do face, I have to admit, is I don't, I didn't graduate from Cornell. My claim to fame is I went to a Puerto Rican imported college, which I just loved. Yeah. And um, my, my whole thoughts about that were, I know what I know, but they don't know what I know. But on more than one occasion, they've asked the client to go and find someone from Cornell. And they come back to me and they say, I want to find another attorney. Yeah. <laughs> so what I say, no, no, no. No psychologist ever won a court case. Only the attorney won the court case. So you stay with the attorney and let me work with them. Well, I can tell you from experience, because I have you know, uh, you know, worked with you and sent people to you in the past. I think it's very important, but also for the court case, you know your stuff. You, you, I've been you, in it since uh, 1992. I wrote my dissertation on complicated mourning. And I have a track on education. I put myself out as an absolutely possible, possibly nothing else person who works with losses and bereavement. That's it. Yeah, and it's absolutely, and you do an amazing job, and it, you're very personal. You, you're one-on-one you're -on -one with the people. You understand their specific needs. Uh, and how that particular person has had issues, you know, how affected that particular person in trauma, you can articulate that very well and objectify that in, in exams. Thank you. And everything, yeah. So uh, I would take you any day over somebody else. Thank you. It'd <laughs> so, be okay if I went to a Puerto Rican school. I uh, love that. Well, particularly because I'm Puerto Rican, so I definitely have no problem with that. <laughs> and and I, I never find that as an indication of someone's ability or intelligence no. uh, at all. I really don't. I mean, no. I, but know. I can understand how people feel that uh, Ivy League schools and really good schools uh, produce really good people. I think. Very good people get a very good education at any school and can do well, what that's, they need that's to do. What, it's about that. It's, it's about, about you. Yes, how yes. much you read, how much you're into it. Yes, so and how dedicated and... And, and I, I took a lot to of razzing. I took a tremendous amount of razzing. They called me the D lady <laughs> because of death. By the way, even through bereavement, don't lose your sense of humor. That's right. It, you're, going to have, you're going to have to pull in all your resources. One of your best resources is your sense of humor. And you need that, right? That's one of the tools you can use, yeah, right? To be lighthearted at times. That was my thought. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of segues a little bit into what we were talking about and in general grief, because this is also about the holiday season, but also beyond the holiday season. Because as you've told me, grief doesn't turn on and off. No. Yeah, you can't turn it on and off. It, it goes with you everywhere in life. 
uh, particularly if you've been through a traumatic incident or circumstances. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, the holiday season too. Like how, and, and, and how do you recognize grief? Grief is not always just sadness, correct? No, it can be other losses as well. I'd like to start with human loss and then I'll answer any questions you have because pet loss is really important. But in general, people who are not pet lovers do not see it as a big loss. Now, you know, you and I both love pets, oh, so yeah. uh, we, we see it a little differently. We feel we're pet parents yes, and that yeah. we've lost one of our children. Yes. But, you know, you want to be very careful uh, with others. And that brings me to, there's no cure in here. I'm very clear. I co-journey. I can't cure this. If I could cure it, I'd say, pull out your checkbook, 10 grand. I'll uh, take it out. You won't have to go through this. I would have done that for myself. Yeah. Forget for them. There's only management. Grief is managed, and it's managed over time. And at any time, with children or with adults, it can hit you when you're least expected. Even after years during the holidays, it can hit you. So I, I want you to remember that. So you need to manage yourself. During the holidays, intrusive memories are probably the biggest problem. Yes. Because you remember every holiday you ever had with that person, and the fact is you're all alone. And I don't care what you do or where you go, that's going to hit you in the face. Right, so even sometimes when you're surrounded by people or families and friends, that person still may be gone if they might have passed away or you might have lost them. And, you know, a fight between each other may not be a, you know, an accident or something of that nature. No. But in general, that person is lost. So I, even if you're surrounded by people, it's true, you can still suffer and feel lonely if, you're, yeah. if you had that loss of a particular person or companion or child. You're still lost. May, no I, may I mention, you mentioned pandemic. Please, if you have a relative or friend and they haven't been vaccinated and one of their family members who isn't vaccinated dies, don't, don't anybody ever put on the web, they deserved it, they should have been vaccinated. You know, there are a lot of people who love that person. Yeah. And, and I think it's very important to be kind. If you can't be kind, you shouldn't be using social media at all. I'm sorry. I agree. I agree. Okay, and I just wanted to mention I that. Agree. I because you said something. And, and, and I think and sometimes people do not realize it's not, you know, there's different reasons people have decided not to get yes. you know, to get vaccinated. And then I don't think, and I, I can't imagine the person that may have passed either, would think that they actually deserve to die because of that. They so actually put on there that they've killed themselves. Can you believe that? I've had kids in here that have had to deal with that. So one of the things that happens, you know, we dream big. Yeah. And when we lose someone that we love, that, that dream with that person is smashed, yeah. shattered. Yeah. So what happens is no matter where we go, who we're with, and a lot of times people think, well, if you had four children, you lose one, or you still have the other three. Yeah, Worst right. thing in the world to say. Absolutely. And people actually make that mistake and say that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so one of the things is recognizing what to say, very little. If yeah. you're if you're trying to help someone through bereavement, very little. If you're the one going through the bereavement, then what you have to do is say to yourself, you know what, people love me. They're trying to give me advice, horrible advice, but they love me. So the best thing to say is don't get in a battleground, just say, thank you, Carol. I thank you, June. I thank you. I know you care about me and yeah. move on. Yeah. Don't, don't start, if you start cutting people off, who normally are there for you, yeah. you'll have no one at the end of bereavement. Yeah. So no matter how many family and friends you have, no matter how many parties you go to, it won't matter. It's not gonna take it out. Yeah. People don't realize that. 
don't expect someone else to support your bereavement. Pick out someone who you can talk to, who you can say, look, I don't need you to fix this. I just need you to help me with it. I need to be Will there. you just listen? Yeah, yeah. Just, just be there. Just to be there. And just listen. Because yeah. sometimes I think friends, what they want to, they almost want to get in there and, and cradle you or take it out for you or to help you somehow fix it. And they right. really, it's something that, like you said before, it is a journey that will be with you through the good times, the bad times. Yeah. It's a matter of managing it. Yeah. Right. So, and I think you created, I mean, this is particularly a, a handout that I'm going to post also, but you created a grief and the holidays, uh, you know, uh, list, a checklist here that we can, gives people ideas on how to deal with That them. is the typical list. I pulled that from my files. Actually, personally, it's caca. <laughs> That's grief 101. If you're in grief 101 and somebody just died in the last 20 minutes, Probably that's going to help you. Yeah. But in general, I want to I want to tell you what I found. Yeah. I'm in this. I didn't go in this because of of reading and doing workshops. I went to the reading and workshops because I had a lot of losses. So you're on a battlefield. You better have a lot of guts. You better be capable of fighting this thing. You need to say to yourself, I'm going to surrender to the fact that this is what I've got. I've got a battle going on. I have lost this person. They meant, and you identify what they meant to you. You have to know what they meant in order to know what you've lost. Yeah. And you have to work from there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. so number one is I'm on a battlefield. Number two is I'm a thriver. I've never given up on myself. I'm not gonna give up on myself now. That isn't gonna help the person I've lost. No. The problem is we keep going back to those last four or five slides of when they died. Yeah. So one of the things I try to do is help people to move from there. And you can do that yourself. You can use your music. You can use your reading materials, your self-help. I'm a big self-help person. I believe in self-help. Yeah. You can use your art. You can use uh, you know, your friendships and your family. And you can do a lot of things. I'm only suggesting during the holidays, keep it low key. Don't spread yourself so thin. So thin. Don't think money is going to make it work. No. And stress yourself out more. Yeah. You know, if you if you normally go you to four people's houses, maybe you maybe you stay home and you have people come visit you yeah. who come see you. You know, just manage. Don't feel you have that responsibility to put on the dog, so to speak, if you're still going through it. I agree. And also, you can give a limit. You can say, look, I can have coffee with you, but more than a half hour, I start getting so tired. Say that, say that people understand. What they won't understand, if you cut them off and you don't take the phone and you ghost them. Right. They won't understand that. Um, I, I need to learn how to live with this. I need to learn how to manage it. That was what I said to myself. I'm a thriver, but I'm going to hurt just as much as somebody who is in the trauma, a victim, a survivor, a, 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 a thriver, an inspirer. Someone who's gone through all this is the person you want to talk to. Yes, they know how to. They know that you can't take it away overnight. No, and it's and it's a process, right? So we were talking about a little bit before people are angry. Well, they you know uh, they didn't get vaccinated, they deserved it, or they killed themselves. That it also can be anger because nobody really, not usually, not many people want to see somebody hurt. No. But sometimes it's an anger that you're like, why did that person do that? And here we have a death. Maybe wanting vengeance. Well, that can be too. With the doctor? Yes, correct, right. Or with someone that might have given them this advice and they get mad. Mm -hmm. But isn't that like, that's also perceived surrender. 
right? Maybe anger, maybe lashing out. Isn't that also another form of like maybe way people express grief, although it looks more like something else? I think in general, it's an opportunity not to grieve. Okay. That, but that it does, it takes, it, wow, it takes it the place way. of the loss. Okay. Now I can go ahead and I can just be angry or I can be depressed, I can curl up, I can go to my room, yeah. but that's not gonna do anything for you. You can stay there 24 years. Yeah. Nobody's gonna come looking for you. Yeah. You know, my favorite expression that I created for myself was, you know what? Death will look for you. Life isn't gonna find you. Death will go into the closet and look for you. That's true. Life will never look for you. So you can give up your life. So you, you, ha you have to chase after life. You, you have, have to, to chase it. it. And it's so, it, it just seems like anger might be a form of displacement of grief. Maybe Absolutely. Not to suffer it, right? It's a good word. Yeah. Okay. Displacement is a good word. Also, vengeance, uh, feeling so angry at yeah. people, not uncommon. That needs to be worked through. Uh, anger at God. Yeah. Right. Anger right. at God. Right. Right. Anger at the person who maybe drove the car anger at somebody who shot right. or this, allow them to keep drinking and they drunk themselves to death or something the problem with anger 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 served yeah. anger served today goes away anger starved will stay and it will keep coming back yeah. coming back so you've got to deal with it anger is something that says to us whoa 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 yeah. look at this I need to do something about it anger is not the emotion the emotion is sadness. That makes sense. Yeah, yes. anger is the thought. Anger is a cognitive thought. Okay. I'm angry. Whereas sadness is the emotion. Okay. And I guess anger to some extent, for a lack of a better understanding, you know when you're like, okay, this happened to me, and you're kind of like, you can't do anything about it. The person may have been lost, or the friendship, or whatever may have happened, or, the, or trauma happened to somebody, because maybe it's not always death. It can be something else that occurred. Um, you know, a rape or something, you know, or something. Yes. other losses, you yes. say. Yeah. So you, I can just see someone, I want to do something about this. Yeah. So I guess anger is sort of, it also, it also distracts you. It, it keeps you right. It from, can be yeah. healthy. Yeah. We can turn it into healthy. We can be angry and decide to give a scholarship yeah. to help um, sure. uh, find perpetrators uh, to put them in prison or something. Sure. So it, it, so it can be converted to, to positive things also, because I think, a lot of people think of grief, they just think of sadness and depression, and, it's, and it has many faces to it. And more than anything, from what I'm hearing from you, it's a journey. It's, it doesn't a, go it's away, so you have to learn to... All loss, uh, all loss has changed, all change has loss. That's, that's it, that is... And, is, you know, you mentioned the word rape. Um, I did a, a podcast on, on rape, and that is, that is not an area where, you know, I venture into all the time, but oftentimes clients will talk about former times when something happened to them. In general, the more wounded you are with the rape, mm -hmm. the more injuries you have, the more hospitalization, mm -hmm. people will believe you. That is, you'll get more sympathy. If you have nothing showing on you, you will get no sympathy. They'll say you should have fought them. They'll say, I don't believe you. Right, right. I, I hate to say that, that, but no, it's, it's really true. true. And Does I, that make sense? Absolutely. I have a lot of domestic violence victims that I, Yes. You know, unless, I, I mean, I sometimes I say to them, um, Where's the evidence? Yes, or like the judge is going to say, you know, especially when you actually are very well at recovering or, or putting on a show, not a show, but there's some people that they could be dying inside and they just keep trying to have the best face forward to make themselves happy, to lift themselves up, but they're dying inside. Yeah. Well, unfortunately to a judge, you, you look fine. 
-hmm. or to somebody else. And you're absolutely right. Some people are like, well, you know, you can have a bruise. You well, know, just figure. So you know, you're happened to you. So you're, you feel raped again. Okay, so let's say you're yeah. kidnapped and raped and sodomized and everything happens to you. But it, you've come to me now for five years I've been seeing you. Every time you come to me, there's a session. Five years later, the court case, yeah. com it comes to order. But in the meantime, you've gotten a promotion. Right. You found a guy, you've married. You right. now have a child. You have this gorgeous house. The jury is going to hear all of that and they are not gonna focus on that rape five years ago. And it's unfortunate. It's, and, and it's not like, fair. That is, it's absolutely unfair. This person is no more the person they were. They're fearful, they have no trust, they have major trust issues. Yeah. That child's going to be helicoptered. Yeah. That mother is never going to hoover. It's always going to be over that child. Yeah. And yeah. that is because of what happened. But you're almost penalized yeah. for trying to recover from the trauma and doing well. And trying to understand reasonably that. well, because yeah. in your head you're not so, so well But my well. job is not to keep somebody unhealthy. Right. <laughs> I'm right. sorry. Right. You're not going to be like, well, you know, stay. You know. <laughs> don't get better. Yeah, don't get better. So, so, the, that, yeah, so you can no. win the court case. No. no. What I always say to people is the same thing. If you want to reclaim your life, you have to work really, really hard. Yes, yes. The money is never as significant as reclaiming your time in your life. The, Am you, I correct? No, it's 100%. You know what I mean? And the money, you can have money, but you can still sit there in sadness and you can... Because you didn't help. help. Right, exactly. You didn't actually help yourself. No. So I think, that, I think that's why it's so important. Grief has so many different faces to it. And particularly one of the areas that I'm really concerned with nowadays is children. They are coming off this COVID. None of us have ever experienced really anything like this. No. And I'm seeing a lot of issues with mental health with children. And of course, you know, some children are quiet and that's dangerous for them. You know, like you don't know really what they're thinking. You think they're fine and they're not fine. They're harboring thoughts of loneliness, desperation, you know, um, insignificance or just feeling like this never ending or I've lost my friends or, and this happens also when they've been bullied in any ways in normal circumstances, but I think COVID might have made exasperate the situation. They've had losses in families, they have a lot of money difficulties going on with, with, with parents right now too also. So how can grief or loss be different in a child? Does it, does it show itself differently in different behaviors and, or like you're saying, cognitive sort of behaviors? Sure. A kid, first of all, kids are resilient, very resilient, very smart. And they, I hate to say it, are eavesdroppers. <laughs> they listen at the door. They know everything. You want to know something? Ask a four-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, can tell you the whole story of what's going on in the house. So I think, in a way, we yeah. prepare, prepare our children with short-term pets. Yes. Yeah. Pets that die. We teach them about death okay. all, all the way along. We build resilience, even if there's a divorce. Yes. It's not about the divorce, it's the two families and how they, how they deal, deal with, with the kids. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. There was a lot of research done on World War II kids. Kids that came out of England. Yeah. A lot of research on England and on those kids. And families that stayed intact or that worked really hard. And that isn't just the biological family, but the extended family. Too sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, made a big difference on how those kids grew up and, okay. and, and the loss that they've had. You know, COVID isn't going away. No. I, I think we think we're going to cure COVID. We're not going to cure no. COVID. We've got probably 500 years of this in different ways and different manners. And it's like anything else. If you accept this is what you've got and you don't let it interfere with your life 100%, but you play it safe. Yes. You do the things to take care of yourself, if you, whatever the choices are. Okay. Interesting. So 
That's what, you know, and, and I think uh, maybe sometimes parents were lost in so much going on with the extra stress and the this and the that. Yeah. And, and in general, I think like you're saying, it could be okay, it's just the way they deal with it. But deal with it, you know, teach them to do it. Do kids like to abuse everything. kids. They yeah. like to talk to their friends. Yeah. That's <laughs> one of the things when the kids come in, I usually ask them, do you have a friend that you talk to yeah. the, about this? Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Yeah. Um, kids are resilient. We have to work with the resiliency. And I think the little books that are out there, and there are many little books, mm -hmm. uh, ha help a lot. Okay. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's better mm -hmm. to find a book than it is to try to talk to a child about something, especially a young child. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I well, have my favorite book. Can, can I just grab my yes, favorite yes, book? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it is my very oh, favorite. Oh, wait, 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 the oh, uh, yes, microphone. I'm, I'm not going that far. Okay. <laughs> Just don't want you to fall. <laughs> you know what it is? She's afraid I'll escape. So she has yes, to get a shot. Yes, I have her seat. She can't get away from it. <laughs> okay, so this is my very favorite book. I'm sorry I didn't grab it earlier. But it's called The Next Place. And I think it's a fabulous book. Okay. And what's and, it about? And, and it's, about, it's about grief. And it's about where we go. And, but it's not religious. It, it's more of a, a spiritual kind of undertaking about feeling safe. Okay. And uh, that's why I like it. And the, you can see the pictures are beautiful. Yes. Well, so far, They're the well, covers are beautiful. Absolutely. You know, I didn't, I didn't say, I think you asked the question you asked, you wanted to know about children in bereavement. Yeah. Children in bereavement, sometimes they'll wet their bed, they'll regress. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. they'll cry more. Uh, for a while. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say. If they're with a, I always suggest, and I sometimes get calls about this, mm -hmm. that they're part of the funeral. Oh, they're part of the yeah. everything that's going on so that the pictures are there of them. Yeah. Even if you have a baby, babies grieve. Give the baby to somebody yeah. who's able to handle the yeah. grief. Yeah, and I, that's what that's a good point too because the parents themselves, I mean, sometimes they might be going through a lot of grief, and it might be better off being with an aunt or an uncle, someone. Well, yeah. depending on the circumstances, that that's might just true. be able to be a little, a little calmer. Yes, yes, correct. Okay. So yeah, and that, I mean, because I just hear for a lot of times from parents, you know, of course, well, teenagers are teenagers, right? They act out anyway. They don't want to talk. No, no. They don't no. want to talk to anybody about anything to, and the least. They don't want to talk to you at all. No, no, not. It's like they they would they would they want the help, but like no, I can't even accept it from you because it's you. <laughs> I can't be seen accepting it from you. You know what I mean, so to speak. There's that battleground some to some extent, but you know, teenagers they have um, as they get older, they're they're you know they're introduced to a lot of different other, you know, environments and other kids, and unfortunately drugs a lot of times, and so it becomes a more confusing to unwrap. You know, I, I anger, think grief and all these things in, in children, or particularly teenagers, I find. Maybe, mm -hmm. uh, maybe drawing out the trees, mm -hmm. maybe the ancestral trees where yes. we've come from. The children should know that. Mm -hmm. How the what kind of generations and what they did to bring us to where we are today. Okay. And uh, so putting themselves in there. Okay. How important they are, okay. and how important they are in in the lineage, and that even though this person has passed away. They're still carrying those genes. Yeah, 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 and, and that they survived them and they to went that, through this and, to the and ancestral okay. chain. Okay, and that it's part of life. It's part yeah. of what you go through. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow, this has been very, very instructive. I love Thank it. You. Thank you. <laughs> um, you also have a um, another handout that I'm going to post also on well-being. It just overall helps people 
like beyond, beyond the yeah. holidays, the types of things that would be as January, helpful. to start January. Yes. I, I want to also re recommend walking, okay. yeah. gym, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, spinning, if you happen to be more athletic. Mm -hmm. some, some of these things help you to get your body back. There's a lot of body work mm -hmm. done today. I, I'm not particularly a body work person. Mm -hmm. I don't look like a body work person. I'm a person who likes to go to the refrigerator. Well, anyway, not going to get into that. But I am suggesting that exercise, a good diet, and uh, not isolating yourself. The socialization would be the important things. Well, it gives you the strength also to deal with the mental yes. difficulties and the you know the you know the, the lethargy, the depression, yeah. and it just makes it easier, right? Because it's physiological as well. Right, right. The and body nervous. talks to the brain, and the brain talks to the body. Right. We don't have two separate entities. No, correct. Yeah. So, I mean, just some of these, I'll list a couple out that you suggest. Right. Optimistic mindset, uh, stay focused, stay in control, yeah. know what needs, uh, what, know what needs are important, you know, strong motivation, holistic, uh, upward progress. These are all very important things. You also have feeling like you belong, yeah. strong support network. All of a sudden, yeah. you're part of uh, a group of five going to dinner. Yeah, your friends, two couples who yeah. you used to go out with. Mm -hmm. You know, I think rather than seeing it as three couples, but you don't have a partner, yeah. you want to see it as five separate individuals sitting at a table because yeah. no one is feeling coupled when they're eating dinner. That's true too. Yeah, it's absolutely. But we right. have these crazy ideas in our minds. Well, and I think sometimes we feel like we also might be embarrassed because we're single, and then there were right. two other couples. And, can I and, go out to dinner by myself? Yes, correct. And sometimes can I go out to dinner by myself? You know, and I'm always in awe and very inspired uh, when I see some people that can. It takes a lot of courage to do it, but if you stop and think about it, sometimes what, what better company than sometimes to be by your to be yourself to be there with yourself yeah. with your thoughts to enjoy the moment i mean sometimes that is a good way to do it as well excellent you know i mean you are in good company you know so i mean there uh, and, and ironically there have been some some artists um i believe keanu reeves is one of them that was never embarrassed by you know doesn't always have a girlfriend doesn't always have to have someone mm -hmm. you know next to him and he's never embarrassed by it and just said why why not i mean better to be in my company than a bad company that's, you know, that's and, really and, true. And it's very healthy mentally. You know, you know so, time, a lot of people will tell you, well, give, you know, just it's going to take time. No, time gives us time, but it doesn't in itself heal. No. People can have a bereavement for 25 years. You yeah. can go to a group and find somebody in there who never has given it up. No, it's true. You and have I, to decide that you're going to learn how to manage it and work with it, but you're not going to take those intrusive bad feelings about yourself and the loneliness that comes from not working and managing it. I agree. It's like you're saying, you know, death will find you anywhere that you're at, yeah. but life will not. You have to go Life isn't going to look for you. No. I've seen people that have lost a loved one, and they they hide away for 10 years. Something woke them up, and they continue to live. They, they, they might get remarried again, or they might, you know what I mean? They, they, can, they live. There's something, something in them. You know what I tell within them. You know what I tell people when they tell me, oh, my I'm going to be all alone New Year's. Yeah. Now that doesn't have to be someone who's lost a partner. Right. That true. could be someone who has never found a partner. That's true. Yeah. And and I always say to them the same thing I've always said. Well, obviously you can't maybe do anything about that. Yeah. Except you can decide how you're going to spend New Year's. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And you know what? You could, if you're, if you're already in agreement, you're already sad, and you can't get rid of those feelings, this is a great time to take out the wedding album. 
to take out all the various things yeah, yeah. and go through them. Am yeah. I correct? Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you start over in a different way. Start over. Yeah, healthy way. Yeah, because um, you're going to have to do your bereavement anyway. And if it's already starting to seep in, oh, let me take it in its fullness. Yes. This is a yeah. battleground. Let me show you I can do this battle. Yes. And you know something? It will start. It's amazing. Yeah. Once you decide not to fight it, yeah. and you decide to surrender and work with it, yeah. there's a difference between fighting it and avoiding it. Yeah. You know, eating too much, doing things yeah. that aren't healthy, drinking too much. Yeah. I want to mention those things are horrible. Yeah, well, and they, they actually worsen your ability to actually get out of it. It yeah. clouds your judgment. Now you feel worse about other things. Yes, and it, and it tints those, the reality of what you're facing. It makes it look different. So I think you know you if you it, it might be hard but you are maybe taking out the wedding books you're cleaning out something you're taking a step forward. That's right. And it's a step, and then okay, I did this step. Wow, I can do this. Yeah. And then before you know it, you have another idea and another step. That's exactly and right. And you, you know before you know you're walking. You know you're moving. You're you're moving forward. But like you said, even moving forward, it's not that the grief turns off or it's never there. It's just you learned how to manage it. Right. You learned how to manage. It. Yeah. So this has been wonderful. You know, <laughs> yes, thank you. I so thank enjoyed you. it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank for you for inviting us. Yes, no, thank you because you have such knowledge and experience, and um, and uh, you know, I mean, this is what you do. <laughs> so what better for you to impart to you know this advice to us and to help a lot of people going through this, and that's why I thought it'd be so helpful. And I know you are wonderful and so thank brilliant. You. So I said, she's going to be helpful for everyone. You thank know? you so much. Yes, yes, absolutely. Anytime. So I, well, we want to thank uh, Dr. Tar Dr. Tarpa Teddy, who's also called a Teddy. Please, <laughs> um, you know, for joining us this morning and helping us get through this and teaching us, you know, what grief is and how to deal with it, particularly during the holidays. Hopefully, this has been really instructive and helpful for everybody. This is the type of podcast that we like to bring to you on the Legal Zone, and we want to ask you to stay tuned. If you haven't seen our prior podcast, please come join us on YouTube and on Buzzsprout and also become a subscriber of our channel so you can see our future podcasts and get information on them. Um, also, we want to thank you for tuning in again, and we want to ask everyone to follow us on all the social media accounts, and we look forward to seeing you soon, and happy holidays to everybody. Stay safe, stay happy, stay well. Thank you. Thank you.